listen to Melanated Mom's podcast because she has something to say. Oh, yeah. I'm a melanated mom, working hard as can be. I show up for my children while showing up for me. I'm a melanated, melanated, melanated mom. Hey, mamas. Welcome back to another episode of the Melanated Mom podcast, where we raise creative, innovative, and independent thinkers. And in the process, we make sure that we are good, too. Hey, everybody, so happy to be back here with you. Hope all is well. I don't really have anything new to say (laughs) about what's going on in my world. So I guess I'm just going to jump right into introducing my guest for today. My guest for today is Simone Liggins. And when I tell you that Simone is no nonsense, and I knew that she was the perfect person to come on and talk about dealing with any kind of I don't like to say disability, different abled thing in our children and how to get the access that we need for them in schools, how to advocate for them, how to be their biggest cheerleader, how to ride out if we need to. So Simone about that life. I knew that I could count on her to come and talk to me about how she handled her situation with her son who has dyslexia and some of the tips and the tools that she used to make sure that he was getting everything that he needed. So um, always need that because you know that I have my own set of um, things that I deal with when it comes to my middle son. So I'm always excited to talk to other moms about what they're doing to take care of their children in the schools and also what we are doing on our end to make sure that we are giving them everything that they need. Simone is the queen of content. So I'm going to talk all about that in the show notes. She's going to talk about that a little bit at the end. But if you are looking for somebody to hook up your content, uh, you going to have to head on over and talk to my girl. And um, without further ado, I would like to jump right into the episode with Simone. I hope you enjoy it and I'll talk to you guys very soon. Take care. Thank you for joining me on another edition of the Melanated Mom Podcast, where we raise creative, innovative, and independent thinkers. And I am so happy to be back here with you guys today to talk to another guest about helping us raise those independent thinkers. And let me not forget to say, because I forgot part of the tagline, that we also take care of ourselves. So um, yeah, I have Simone here today. And she is going to give us the get down on how to deal with a situation where our kids may learn differently. I don't like to say disability because, look, if we're going to say that, we all have disabilities because we all learn differently in some way. So Simone is going to help us through how to navigate these situations. Simone has the real gift of gab. She's funny. So I'm sure we'll get a little sprinkle of funny stories in here as well. Simone, hey, how you doing, girl? Hey, Tracy. How are you? Thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast. And I agree with you. I don't like the disability word because, honey, we all got some ailments, honey. So (laughs) I agree. I like to say differently. Exactly. I was just thinking about myself before I got on um, the podcast with you this morning. 
And girl, my thing is, okay, if I'm going to be speaking in front of people and I'm really uncomfortable, girl, why do I write down every single word? Now, you know, you ain't going to sit there and read every word. Okay. But I I write down every word because it helps me. And then I can like practice a couple of times. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we all Mm -hmm. got our little thing that makes us feel comfortable. Yes. Yes. Because the outline gives you more comfort that it's not going to go awry. So, yes, you know, whatever works. (laughs) You got to do what you got to do in these streets, okay? Right. (laughs) So, Simone, why don't you tell us a little bit about your son? Okay, my son, Tori, he is 11 years old now. Um, He's currently in fifth grade. Um, When he was mm, first grade, so I get six, five or six, six, I think, is when we learned that he had dyslexia. And um, so we've been on a journey with that since then. But currently my son is doing quite well. He is a very creative child. He always wants to know the inner workings of things. How does this work? Why does this happen? He is very interested in creating. He he has his own YouTube channel <laughs> and he does editing for it. And oh, he is a joy. And he is quite the history buff. He knows all about these things that happened long ago. And he just finds it interesting <laughs> to learn about and to talk about. And yes, that, that's my little creative right there. Yes, go son. I love it. And and you, I'll find um, oftentimes when kids like struggle in a different area, like they pick up something so much more in another area because my son Mm -hmm. is very like good with numbers. Like he doesn't articulate himself well, words don't come to him well, but numbers, child, look, you, if you don't want this boy to ever tell your age, don't ever tell it to him because Mm. he won't, he won't forget (laughs) it. Okay. (laughs) He Mm -hmm, aged up mm -hmm. every year. He remember your Mm -hmm. birthday. He remembers people's addresses. So I think that he just got more blessings in that area. And then sometimes it takes him a little bit longer with the words. But, you know, that's OK, because, girl, I don't know. No, nobody's math facts. OK, so. Right. <laughs> you're killing it out here. <laughs> right. Right. That's definitely true. They I agree. It's like when something maybe I'm going to use the word falters a bit. The, the strength in other areas becomes so prevalent. They really do. They really do. And so that's why I say that we all have our different strengths. Because if somebody rolled up on me with a simple math problem, they'd be like, this girl is special. She don't even know. <laughs> right? Okay. Yes. <laughs> what are you talking about? Right. So when did you start to realize that he might need some additional help? And how did you go about getting that? Okay. So back again when he was in. Okay, well, actually, I'm going to go back a little further because it doesn't really start with the dyslexia. It actually started with speech therapy. And I I learned once I did have my son tested for dyslexia and, you know, we had the meeting about the findings and the results and all that stuff, that it is pretty much known that kids who do end up having dyslexia and struggle with those learning differences often have speech delays and um you know they're they're like signs beforehand of you know what's to come with speech and language and things like that so um when my son 
was about three or four years old, we um we took him to speech therapy because he was not speaking as he it was one of those situations where as his family, his mom, his dad, my daughter, they we we knew what he was saying, but to just talk to a stranger or someone who didn't know him, they may not understand what he was saying or what he was talking about. And I could definitely tell that his language probably wasn't where it should have been back then. So I took him to speech therapy to have them evaluate him. And sure enough, he did end up being a good candidate for speech therapy. So we, he did that for a few weeks. And then, you know, his language started to pick up. He was talking and, you know, everything was fine. So then when you, we moved into school, you know, in kinder, when they start trying to learn letter sounds and start on sight words and things like that, I would notice because they had homework, I would notice that he wasn't picking it up. Like, not necessarily wasn't picking up easy because sometimes it does take a little while, but just learn just re the re the repetitiveness wasn't fair. Like he would completely forget the sounds of letters and and he was having a really difficult time with that. And I would like tr I would try to help him, try to help him, and it seems like it what I doing was doing wasn't working, and I could tell. That, you know, he's six years old, he's getting frustrated, he's feeling bad, feels like, you know, he's not getting it. And I spoke to his kindergarten teacher about it. And his kindergarten teacher kind of took the position where, okay, well, it's still early. We're just learning this stuff. Let's, you know, give it a little more time. And so I was like, okay. And by the time he gets to first grade, it's kind of the same thing. And I myself knew some about dyslexia back then. So I did do a little more research and I drew my own conclusions that, okay, maybe he has dyslexia. And I ended up speaking to his teacher about it. And sure enough, she was kind of thinking the same thing. So, you know, from there, I was diligent with it. I told her, okay, well, how do I get him tested? What do, where do we go from here? So it took all of a matter of, I would say within a month in, in, in our school district, because the district where we live, they have, um, they have people on staff at his school who their only job is to work with students with dyslexia, like oh, the, wow. the learning That's differences. Great. Uh -huh. Yes, that's that is what her job what her job is like that's what she does. And that's a big part of I say the district as a whole. Like that I've gone to um things regarding uh, uh seminars and stuff at the like head building for the school district about dyslexia like that's a big part of what they want to make sure they have in place as a resource in our school district. So I had him tested that took a few weeks and then the they brought me in we had a whole meeting about the results what the findings were they tested for dyslexia they tested for autism they tested for 
you know, uh, other learning differences. And the conclusion was drawn that yes, he is having, he does have dyslexia, but there are different kinds of dyslexia. Sometimes dyslexia can affect mathematical and not only reading and uh, comprehension. Oh, but that's in interesting. Case, I didn't know that. I never knew yes, that. Yes, there are different, there are different levels and different kinds. So in his case, um, his, his language and reading was affected because he was doing quite well in math when there were no word problems. He was doing quite, because, you know, you got to mm -hmm. read the word problems. Right, he was right. doing quite well. So, and we sat down, we uh, talked about the findings and then they, we came up with a plan. They already have a curriculum in place for the remedial for the remediation of dyslexia. So they told me about the curriculum. They told me how, you know, how you go through the program and the way that it's set up, of course, early detection is best because you can get started on it faster. But mm -hmm. if need be, this, this, pro, this curriculum will take you into high school. And they, what they have as part of the curriculum or you get special accommodations uh, as a student with dyslexia as well. You know, longer periods to work on things. Uh, testing is different. Question um, Questions read to you or different things like that. So I was fortunate in that I felt like that, you know, we were all on the same page. I didn't have difficulty trying to get help or trying to get somebody to listen to me. It, it, it went quite well. It went quite well for me. Yeah, that sounds amazing that the district already has something in place. I, um, because my son doesn't like struggle in that area, I don't know if our district does, but I have not heard of districts having things like this in place. And mm -hmm. the thing about it is that they really should, because if you look at, at the population of students that we have now, there are so many kids, and, and this was even true for when, back when I was in school, back when you was in school, that so many mm -hmm. people learn differently, right? But mm -hmm. we were mm -hmm. just forced into this one cookie cutter way of trying to get the information. And then if you didn't get the information that way, then it was something wrong with you. Like, right. no one mm -hmm. was going to change the way that right. they did anything right. because one person couldn't get the information. So true. It, yeah, it That's sounds so true. It, mm -hmm. it, and it's it's crazy, right? Because think about how many people I think about myself. We're gonna go back to the math situation. I think about mm -hmm. how girl, I could have okay, I could have been an architect right now. I could have been a mm -hmm. mathematician. But the thing is, is that if I couldn't learn this one way that they were teaching it, that was it. That means that you couldn't get it. It's like Okay. Yeah, it's true. Y'all just, just gonna throw me out the window? Throw you <laughs> to the wolves. Yes, because the thing about it is there are over three million, three million diagnosed cases of dyslexia a year in the US alone. Diagnosed cases. So the ones that's not diagnosed, okay, where people don't care and they're just like, oh well. He just don't know. Because even my husband was saying that, you know, that wasn't a thing when he was in school. Basically, they just sent kids to the special ed class. Mm -hmm. You were just spe in special yep. ed. That, that's, that's, what, that's how it was. And, you know, my daughter and my son were very different in learning. My daughter always, you know, never had any issues in school, high achiever, you know, on into college now. So this was quite a difference. In, uh, in, ha in in raising and, and navigating versus the first time around. 
but yeah I wanted to make sure that I you just not gonna be like oh well you know he just don't know and you just gonna toss him through like yesterday's trash no 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 because if you take the time to put these things in place then these students will thrive and they will go on to be great and do great in school they they really will and i wish that more people approached it that way um from the get-go i think that mm -hmm. teachers are starting now to see how much of an impact they can have on a student's learning and how much of an impact you can have on the way that a student feels about themselves because i know mm -hmm. in first grade my son was having some issues he was having some problems and see this teacher she didn't want to she was being a little uh aggressive in her manner of the way that she wanted to deliver stuff and see not on my mm. watch <laughs> you, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you, mm -hmm. you wasn't gonna you wasn't gonna ruin his self-esteem or have him hate school right from the beginning because of the way that you wanted to deal with him so i just right. applaud teachers that really go the extra mile and i know that they have so much on their plate you know that you, right. know, you can't pay attention just specifically to one to my one student but if me as a parent like you did if i come to you and i see a problem and i'm willing to work with you especially and i'm saying what can we do to make this better then i mm -hmm. feel like they need to open up those lines of communication and be okay with mm -hmm. having somebody that is out of the box that learns differently in their classroom and figuring it out helping me mm -hmm. figure it out so i can help them figure it out okay Mm -hmm. you know something i like about let me tell you I, I i'm biased in a way with teachers because i am a person who prefers new teachers and maybe teachers that's been teaching only a few years over teachers that are you know maybe in the middle or toward the end of their teaching career and maybe wanting to think about retirement because even though the younger teachers may not be as seasoned and being in the classroom and navigating as well, but they're typically more open to learning about these things and have more patience with It's students. like you, you, you fresh out the gate, right? So yes. you're motivated, you, you, you just yes. really, you really yes. want to see, you know, things You want to make a difference. Yeah. Exactly. You mm -hmm. want to make a difference. So I, I'm a person who, if I, I always ask the teacher, okay, well, how long have you been teaching? And it's funny, but when they respond, I think they're thinking that, oh, well, I don't want to make myself look like I don't know what I'm doing. But no, right. I like when you say, oh, this is my second year or my third year or even my sixth or seventh year, because you're still kind of not as like, honey, I'm over this as the ones that's like <laughs> over it. <laughs> I, I like to hear them say that I love young teachers because they are eager to make a change and they really want to learn and help students. I, I, I really enjoy that about new teachers. I actually do agree with you. And I mean, it, even I'm thinking about my son's teacher, the one in first grade, she was a fairly new teacher, but she was older. So this was her second uh -huh. career. So I, right. didn't, I didn't even like that because the thing mm -hmm. is, is that the more maturity that you get behind you and the more set in your ways that you are, period, as a person. The harder it is to change. Exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so you're not really yeah. looking to change. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. Yes. You sure. You're right. You're right. If that's her second career and then if it's her second career, what prompted her to go back and make it her second career? You know, it's like, <laughs> it, oh, we need a paycheck. Like, I mean, because I mean, if you're not really 
because you can't teach for the money because we know teachers do not get paid enough okay Mm -hmm. so it's truly something you have to enjoy and love and want to make a difference of in these children's lives you really do and you have to be open to hear from other people and i think Mm -hmm. that if you don't if that's not your gift, because some people don't have that, like, so, okay, you can go sit at a desk and you can be in a position where you just have to be focused on what you have to do. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's fine. But when you're in a profession where you have to be open to constructive criticism, you really need to be able to hear those things because Mm -hmm. this is the only way that you could really work together with a family because each and every individual student in your classroom is going to be different. I don't care what they have going on. They don't have to have dyslexia, ADHD, nothing. They still are going to be different. And you have to be willing to hear from a parent like this is what makes my student tick so that we all can be on board together to make the best difference in that child's life. Mm -hmm. So true. You're right. You're right. You have to be open. I mean, I know now, of course, we got to mention the teachers, they get pressure from the principals and the districts to meet these, these numbers, you know, let's get this status and stuff like this but i mean unfortunately that is a part of the game when you are teaching but so it's still very important that you are open to working with your student and their parents especially when they're trying to you know be a part of the learning process with their children i agree i definitely agree with that so as far as tori So when he was going through the whole process of like getting this evaluation, and I mean, he was still fairly young, first grade, Mm -hmm. that's very young. But how was he feeling about himself? Like, did he, did he notice a difference in how things were running for him? Or did he emotionally feel like he wasn't catching on? Or what was going on when he was going through the process of getting the evaluations and trying to get the help? So, um, I could definitely tell before he got tested that he felt bad about himself. He felt some kind of way. And he felt like, I feel like I, I I remember hearing him say that he, he's not smart. He felt like, basically he felt like he was stupid because Mm -hmm. he couldn't figure, he didn't know, he didn't understand. And this, this is at first grade. This is, the the emotional impact and the confidence is something right now at 11 years old that is still something that that we deal with okay but he he didn't feel good about himself and so when going through the testing i think he was pretty okay with that process but at first it was really hard for him to deal with and see other kids catching on and he wasn't catching on and so he didn't want to really engage in class and talk and be called on because he couldn't read well and you know those kind of things it it definitely took a toll on his self-esteem um it's gotten better it's gotten it's got definitely gotten better now but it's still a work in progress. Even now to this day, when he does assignments, we're, we're virtual now. He's always he's always second guessing himself and he's always nervous and he doesn't want to turn it in and he's afraid that he's not going to do good. He always has that little voice in his head that that's telling him, yeah, this isn't good enough or this isn't going to go the way that you want it to go. So it's something we've been dealing with since then you know, the emotional effects. 
And isn't it uh, amazing though, like somebody as young as kindergarten can feel the difference. Like they have no prior experience with being in school or being around people, but that mm-hmm. lets us know how early we have to catch it. We cannot let people uh-huh. allow you us can. to sit around and wait because they already feel the effects of it right from yes. when, they, when they start school. They can see that, uh, hey, I'm not like, I'm not doing this as well as everybody else. So yes. why would we want to put the pressure on our kids to like have to go through that by not saying by that not I taking, see a problem. Mm-hmm, admitting it to yourself. Because mm-hmm. we too busy worrying about looks and people don't think that our kids special or or all these kind of things. Baby, you worrying about the wrong thing. Because what you what what's going what's the worst of it is when your child get up in grade and they in six, seven, eight grade, they can't read a lick. Then that kind of turns it because I went I went to school with a young man like this and I looking back on it now as an adult, I feel like that he probably did have a learning difference, but nobody cared enough to try to help him. But then they turn into, you know, being maybe a loner or somebody that gets bullied or even turn into being a bully to deflect away from their weaknesses. But I you agree. know, had you cared about this early on. They wouldn't have to, they wouldn't have to feel this way later on because honey, you know, when you get to middle school, high school, you know how ruthless them kids can be. You mm. don't want to, baby. That's not where you want to be still having this going on. You want to trying to thinking, figure it out, right? Yeah, you think somebody thinks something about your child now, you which don't give a damn. You trying to help your child forget whatever somebody thinking, but you wait till they get older, wait till they get older, and you don't try to do nothing about it. Hmm. And, and that's the thing, go. like we have to not be concerned about what it may look like because there's still a lot of times mm-hmm. where things don't don't look right. You know, my son, he is still in virtual school as well. But, you know, when he asks a question, it takes him a while to get it out. Like it takes him mm-hmm. a while to get it out. So I try to give him little helpful tips now that will get him to be able to say, okay, let me not turn on my microphone or raise my hand before I formulate this thought in my head. Mm-hmm. We just have to be constantly like talking to them about this. We have to be constantly like on top of it and not caring how that looks to other people. Because like mm-hmm. you said, believe me, it's much easier in fourth grade to deal with this stuff when kids are still generally kind. You know, this age, you're yes. still generally kind. You yeah, still- you're right. You still, you still, you ain't cut up yet. You ain't cut up yet. <laughs> you ain't, you ain't made it yet. Exactly. You ain't made it to the cut up stage yet. So you will still like give grace. But honey, once you, like you said, you hit that middle school, that's a ruthless game. I, I think in high school, like about 10th grade, like they might start to turn around, like you have more mm-hmm. compassion for people. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I feel like if you don't get it together before that middle school, you know what I mean? That's, that's honey. damaging. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is very damaging. But And it's all, especially when the, the whole reason behind it is that you worrying about what somebody's going to think about you, your child, or whoever the heck, who, whoever. Baby, they what my Amy always say they talked about Jesus Christ. So what make you immune? <laughs> exactly. And then that goes back to my first point. And this is something that I reiterate to my children all the time that we all have something. So don't let mm-hmm. nobody pin you under the bus and say that right. oh, you got this issue. Right. Well, like you the only one. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 
none of us are immune to having an issue. So, you know, make them feel comfortable enough to know that it's okay. You know, Mm -hmm. if you don't catch on to the reading assignment like this person did, or if you need to request extra time, or if you need to sit through a a lunch period to finish your test, it's okay. You're going to be all right, you know? Mm -hmm. And you (laughs) might do better on the test than the ones they finished first. Thank you. My son just had a test last week. And when I tell you this test took him all day, but he got an A. It's okay. Right. It, mm-hmm. it don't matter. It doesn't matter how long it takes you. What matters is the end product. And so yes. I think really just speaking into their lives and letting them know that this is okay. And having the teacher that is on board, that they're unstoppable at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. for me, there's nothing that you can't do when you when you feel confident enough to just go forward and say that I might not have it like everybody else has it. And you got some people behind you like mm-hmm. <laughs> you you on the road to success right there. But like you were saying before, if you're a parent that that feels embarrassed about that, your child can feel that you feel embarrassed about that. So then they're they, going to feel some kids kind not of way. Stupid. Mm-hmm. So they're going right. to feel some kind of way Should about I? it. Should I be embarrassed? Should I be not? Mm-hmm. Should I not right. be confident? Because like, my mom doesn't even want to admit that this is right. an issue for me. <laughs> and you know what, baby, you just hit the nail on the head because, you know, I'm very willing to talk about my son's dyslexia and he's, he hears me talk about his dyslexia. And I had him ask me, is it, is it okay? Or uh, is something wrong with me? Or is it okay that I have dyslexia? Or basically asking me, is, is it, yes, it's okay. Do you know how I then I always got to tell him the, the number of awesome people awesome people throughout history that's in the history books that we're talking about right now to this day that have had dyslexia. Baby, ain't right. nothing wrong with you. You just you you hook yours up a little different than everybody else. But yours uh, gonna be just as fly. So uh, yeah, I always totally I, I like to hear him talk have him hear me talk about it and hyping it up and and, and talking about our testimony. Because I don't want you to be embarrassed. That's something to be proud of, how you was able to, you know, get the help and, and go on the floors. And how you able to persevere regardless of, mm-hmm. of what it may look like, no oh, matter what papers say or tests say or whatever, how mm-hmm. you still thriving mm-hmm. anyway, you know? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I think it also just causes our children to be more gentle and kind with other people. Which, yes, which kids should be anyway, because if you train yes. them at home, they should be being, right. <laughs> you know, right. comfortable you with letting to. other people right. have mm-hmm. their problems. But yeah, you're right. Just you're right. Being more kind, and when other people struggle, giving people more grace, and that's the world we need to live that's in. That's okay? true. That's very true. They are. I, I've definitely noticed, even just listening to my son talk about stuff or uh, say something about somebody, it does make them a gentler person. And he's like, well, I didn't want to say whatever, 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 because that probably wouldn't be nice. And he was new to the school and I didn't want to be rude to him or, you know, such and such like that. Yeah, you're right. It definitely teaches them to to have grace with other other kids. You're right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So if you could leave the moms with two tangible ways to get help in a situation where they feel that their kid needs extra support, what would that be? Okay, so number one, I would say is to go to the teacher, the principal, whoever whoever it is that you might need to go to and 
try to find out if there are some resources available through the school or, you know, what they have available. And even if at all possible, because this is something that I did, I'll, we did have the diagnosis, we learned of dyslexia, but I also had my son going to an outside facility. It was basically school outside of school. What they did there, they, you know, taught to the standardized tests, you know, things on a computer, taught extra skills. He went there. So he went there in the summertime. So when school is out, if you, especially in the beginning stages, if you're already kind of behind uh, because you're trying to catch up after learning about the dyslexia, then you you, can, you can't afford to take off during the summer. Right. So right. definitely try to see what resources are available through the school. Look outside of the school and see where resources are available. Because where I took him to, although we did pay out of pocket, they offered scholarships and they offered uh, financial aid. So, so not even being you, afraid to yes, go there saying that, yes. you know, you can't afford it because you might, yes. you might come You up. never know. <laughs> exactly. You never know what, uh, what they might have available to you. So number one, definitely don't be afraid to try to, uh, pay on the pavement and, and look at what your options are. Look at what your options are. Number one. Number two is one, if, if trust the process, if, if you're able, hopefully, to get some help, get some resources, get, you know, somebody in your corner and get the child in a program to help them, trust the process. Because Tracy, I can't tell you how many times, especially in those early days, that I was I was in tears because mm. I saw him struggle. I saw him struggle. I saw him going through it. And as a parent, you feel very helpless. You feel yes. like there's, no, I mean, what can I do? But you have to be steadfast that your child is getting the help that they need. And you have to trust the process. It, it's going to take some time, but slowly mm -hmm. but surely you will see them improve you will see the happiness in their eyes when they made that good grade when they was able to read that passage when you know they're just growing and flourishing and and you can see just in their how much more confident that they are and happy that they are and if you got teachers that ain't trying to trip into the situation child definitely try to get get them out the way because they can be stumbling blocks <laughs> they can be stumbling blocks they can but yeah they can be stumbling blocks but yeah try to parent, use your resources search for resources talk to people ask people what you can do and, and trust the process definitely those, those are definitely two pieces of advice i would give because it's not simple and it's something that's it's something they're going to have to deal with for the rest of their lives. Of course, if you catch it early, then it becomes easier. But, you know, you got to catch it, especially when dyslexia is something that is inherited. It's, it's a it's an inherited learning difference. We don't know who it came from because I'm sure it's probably undiagnosed. <laughs> but right as as it, it often it, it is can. like if you if you go into even us parents grandparents yeah mm -hmm. we didn't we didn't know what we had all we knew yeah. is maybe get a pop because you ain't 
yeah, right. you want to you know? see this or such and such. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Those, yeah, you're so true. But yeah, those those are definitely things. And try to always encourage your child because they gonna feel bad about themselves. But reassuring them that it's going to get better. Like I said, telling them about people that they know who they think are great, who they think are awesome. They mm-hmm. might have also struggled in this same area or with the same type of difference. It, it's encouraging because they see, oh, what? Steve Jobs had dyslexia. Albert Einstein had this. Yes, child. Right. And they know about these people because they learn about these people in school. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they look at these people as somebody great because of what they've learned about them. Right. I, I so truly to, to feel find, like that uh, um, that's going to be the key, like uh, yes. us being very encouraging and not showing that we're not willing to give up on them. Right. <laughs> if we can get them to that place where they know that no matter what, we have their backs and we're going to do everything in our power to make sure that they get exactly what they need. That's that's just truly an unstoppable person to me. I don't care. Anybody mm-hmm. get behind me and tell me that they're going to make sure that I get this done. They're going to make sure that I get everything that I need, every resource, please. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> ain't no reason. Exactly. So. exactly. And I feel like it teaches them, because I, I still have to reiterate with my son, okay, if you need such and such, let your teacher know. It teaches mm-hmm. them to kind of advocate for themselves in certain, area, in certain areas, you know, when they start to get older. If they know that they need this, this, that, and the other, then say, hey, I need this, this, that, and the other. You know, teach them, it teaches them to be an advocate for their themselves and their own and their own learning. They see you encouraging them and hyping them up, then they can go encourage and hype up themselves and make sure that they're getting what it is that they want, that they need to have. And I don't care what it is, that's going to be a lifelong process of being an advocate for the things that you need. So uh-huh. it's a great, mm-hmm. it's a great tool to learn early on so you know. Yes that you have mm-hmm. to use your mouth to ask for yes. the things that you need. Yeah, because so. baby, everybody ain't willing to just pull it out and give it to you. <laughs> well, Simone, look, I want you to tell tell people what you are up to right now. Simone, look, look let me say this before <laughs> she even start talking. If you don't know nothing about the internet, if you don't know how to work Instagram, if you don't know how to make these good graphics and you out here trying to do something, you need Simone in your life. Because I'll be in Simone's inbox like, Simone, what's going on? Help me out. You need to make some guides. You need to you need to do some stuff because we right. don't understand the workings of the internet, okay? And how to make mm-hmm. these graphics and make things look good. So Simone, tell people where they can find you at and what you do. Okay, so you can currently find me online on Instagram at Simone Does Life and Simone Does Content, which I've recently broken away. That's going to be, you know, all the, all the content tea over there and at SimoneDoesLife.com. So I was in the outside the home workforce for the last 20 years. COVID came through and shook that up and I, I ended up getting laid off, but I see it as a blessing in disguise in retrospect. Yes. Because I felt like I was in a stagnant area that I really didn't want to be in. So now I'm kind of doing, I'm, I'm a work from home mom, stay at home mom. My son is here. He does virtual. My husband, he is still working outside of the house. But 
I am currently trying to, you know, get a little side gig going. I'm trying to provide training, digital resources, and digital products to novice Instagrammers, solopreneurs, even podcasters. You know, I, I, I want your content to look good. Okay. <laughs> so that's what I'm all about making your content meticulous, eye catching, and pulling in your audience. So I am, I kind I, I dabble in that quite a bit. And you can see me doing those things on Instagram. <laughs> well, I, I'm saying don't walk over to Instagram, run over to Instagram. Because sometimes I'll be like, wait a minute, how is she doing all this stuff? But she has content guys that you can get. She has, uh, mm -hmm. she had a workshop where she was teaching us what to do. Look, Simone mm -hmm. ain't no joke. So, <laughs> right. And I'm coming out with a series of mini trainings about creating content on Instagram. That's coming out soon. So, yeah, I'm trying to do it, y'all. I'm trying to do it. You ain't trying. You doing it. You doing it already. <laughs> yes, honey. Speak it. Speak it. <laughs> so I want to thank you so much, Simone, for joining me today. I am so happy that you shared our your story with us. And I'm sure that that story is going to help other mothers figure out how to navigate their situations. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for inviting me, Tracy. I really appreciate it. Take care, girl. All right. thank you child that was great okay oh i'm glad did it go okay it did. <laughs> okay good 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 thank you for tuning in to another episode of the melanated mom podcast i appreciate each and every one of you and i appreciate each and every listen let me share with you some ways that we can help the podcast reach others that it may help as well first you can share any direct episode with one of your friends by text message. Second way that you can help the podcast is to rate and review the podcast. The third way that you can help the podcast is to post to your social media. So go ahead and make a post over on IG or on Facebook when you hear something that you enjoy. I appreciate the listens and I'll talk to you guys soon. Take care.